This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Have you checked the children? I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. We all go a little mad sometimes. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Boogeyman is real, and you found him. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Everyone. As everybody doing, hope is doing good. Obviously, this podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network and I use our social media. I am one host, Slasher. And I am your other host, Tyler. And welcome, everybody, to another episode. And today we are continuing our Chucky slash Child's Play read-throughs. Uh, and today we are doing Child's Play 2. Which is one of those rare occasions where the sequel surpasses the original. To be honest, I think it does. In this time, it does. This time it does, because we all know Terminator 2 does. Uh, so does oh, this yeah. one. Terminator 2 was notorious for making a sequel better than the original. Like The first film was more of a horror film, and then the second one just leans into its action. The first one is still a good film, though. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. This first one's still a good the... one, but Arnold, Arnold being the good guy, kind of better. Um, yeah, emotionless good guy. Emotionless good guy. Oh. I don't know, it kind of sounds like me. Very emotionless. <laughs> You're more emotional than me. How am I more emotional than you? Explain. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Flasher zero. Uh, right. One. So getting into this yeah. informa- information, this film was directed by John La... How the fuck is it? For some Lafayette. reason I thought you were going to say John Crane. Lafayette. Pro- uh, produced by David Kirchner. Uh, written by Don Mancini. And he was the only writer on this. Starring Brad Dorif, Alex Vincent, Jenny Orgutter, Gerrit Graham, Christina Ellis, and Grace Zabuski. I am bad at names. Yeah, you are. Music by Graham Ravel, cinematography by Stefan Kzapski. Edited. Oh. I'm just gonna. Right, this one was released. Uh, this one was. <laughs> he gets up. <laughs> Uh, edited by Edward was Oshiska. Distributed by Universal Pictures. Release date was November 9th, 1990. This film... It's on screen at least for them. Yes. This film was... Yeah, I'll just let them read it. <laughs> this film just... ran for 84 minutes. A budget of 13 million and grossed uh, revenue uh, was actually it made its money back and even more 35.7 million it grossed in revenue so yay uh, we don't know what the plot is of this one we'll get into it but yeah Andy is now in foster care his mother got 
Apparently his mother is batshit insane because she keeps saying a, um, a killer doll. Yeah, a killer doll on the loose. Even though there was a lot of, like, fucking... Even though two cops saw that that was true. In the original, obviously, there was the, the main cop, then there was his second cop who found out straight after. Yes. So, yeah. But yeah, as you know how this works, uh, we read through the plot, we find a wiki, we read through the plot, talk about it, make laughs, talk about trivia, do a mini review and rate it, and that's how we do it. Talk about me having bedded earlier, and I just see that massive like quiff going like that. Alright, don't talk about my <laughs> quiff! You're going to have an... <laughs> there you go. Don't like, talk anime pro- about... He's an anime protagonist now. Don't talk about my. <laughs> He's gonna have quiff. that single cowlick just sticking up here. And <laughs> the friggin' Aaron Yeager. <laughs> oh, don't mention Aaron Yeager. His fucking hair's all over the place. Oh, which does remind me to definitely see the new episode tonight. I ain't got anywhere to watch it, so I need to find a place to watch it. Oh, they need to borrow my Funimation account. I don't. Um, how much is Funimation? Uh, it's a five room move. Would you say Crunchyroll or Funimation? I think Crunchyroll just got bought out by Funimation. Oh, did it? I didn't know so, Funimation was even fun- in the UK. Yeah, but uh, the other problem is uh, when I try to watch One Piece, there's no episodes because it's only American one. <laughs> oh. That's why you use VPN. Yeah, that's why Nord you get. VPN. That's why you get Surfshark or NordVPN or ExpressVPN, <laughs> which I actually have ExpressVPN anyway. So, but yeah, Funimation's good for dubbed episodes. Well, Crunchyroll's good for simulcasts, which come out really well, early. Well, dub doesn't really come out until like I think a few episodes in. It won't come out till later, but it has all the other dubbed episodes. Am I in, if I do get if I do get Funimation, you watch the entire show again until episodes come out. Yeah, to be honest, I've been watching the sub. Subbed is fine. I right. I would watch. I would watch it subbed, but I'm not good. Who's voicing like? No, I just can't read. Uh, that quick. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Slasher can't read. I can't <laughs> read that quick. <laughs> No, you just said you can't read. Done. I can't read, so yeah, I can't. <laughs> we, we've already established Slasher can't read. Did you? I just struggled to fucking say names for five minutes. And yet you pronounce freaking anime names perfect. Aaron Yeager. Mikasa Ackerman. Mikasa. Yeah, because it's Mikasa. It's Mikasa. Mikasa. No! It's Mikasa, you fucking dick. It's Mikasa Ackerman, Erin Yeager, and Armin Arlott. I can't... Armin. Armin. What's his last name? Arlott. Is it Arlott? I think it's Arlott. Arlott. And then you've got... Then you've got... His granddad died in the war. Then you've got Reiner and uh, Bertolt. And then who's that douche... And who's that douchebag who uh, 
always wanted to fucking complain about Eren? Uh, it's either Jean or Jean. I think, I think it's Jean. Jean. I think it's Jean, isn't it? I swear it's Jean. I think it's Dean. I always, I think it's Sean. Not, yeah. Yeah, he right, wanted to go to the friggin' top. Yeah, he wanted. He wanted to uh, be a part of the military police, so he could be safe inside. So the he could be safe, and then, uh, and then he changed his mind to joining uh, the scouts because he saw Aaron and thought, "I want to be cool like Aaron." Actually, no. <laughs> didn't he join the military police, and then? No, he never joined. Oh yeah, no, he didn't. Yeah, he just straight decided, hey, fuck it, I'm going to join the fucking uh, scouts. He was originally going to join, but then the Titans attacked uh, Wal Maria. Oh yeah, and that's when he decided he was going to join Was it Wal Maria or was it Wal Rose? I think it was Rose. Because I think there's Maria, Rose and something else. Yeah, there's... uh... Maria Rose. Can't remember. I ain't watched Attack on Titan really since last season. Um, yeah, everyone went batshit crazy. I'm just waiting. For for the, I'm just waiting for fucking. It's been four years, Reiner. It's been four years, Reiner. <laughs> he just trans- <laughs> He just fucking transforms right there and then. No, I've also been watching when people take anime too far. As well, have you seen it? No. It's where this friggin' massive weeb uses anime powers to kick someone's ass. <laughs> what does he do? Bite his hand and tries to transform into a fucking titan? <laughs> no, he, he try. He actually does try biting his thumb, <laughs> and he goes, "Ah, motherfucker!" <laughs> you need to send me that video. Yeah, there's two. The first one he beats his ass with friggin' a boxing anime. And then oh. second one, it's like friggin' uh, My Hero Academia with friggin' Detroit Smash. For fuck's sake. But it parodies like Dragon Ball, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, One Punch Man. One Punch Man. I am One Punch Man. Punches the dude, dude still stood up. He's like, fuck, I'm not One Punch Man. No, no, it actually works though. He actually knocks down two of the other bullies with just oh. one punch. But well, then there's just blank, blank friggin' face. <laughs> Right, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> Actually, to us, that's what podcasts do. We're not, we're not fucking scripted. Um, but yeah, never scripted. Yeah, true. But yeah, obviously, we can randomly talk about random shit like we always do. Um, but yeah, I'm seeing as of this recording, I will be seeing Scream Five in cinema uh, on Friday as of this recording. So yeah, for you guys, soon. when this episode was out, it was last week when I went to see it. Uh, so yeah, by the, I hopefully hope pin it's good, and obviously, uh, as of this recording, I did upload a video the Monday, uh, talking about on the tenth of January. I did do a video talking about who possibly could be the killer. And, as we know, this new killer is actually not to anything to do with Sydney. Finally. Well, so, and it's kind of, it's, another thing as well, the killer uh, has actually got the voice changer built into his mask. Oh, 
Have you not? Have you not seen that? Uh, I remember it being part of Scream Three, though. It was never in Scream Three. Like no, the voice change of thing. No, it was never. Now was it Scream Four? No, they never done it. This is no. The there was a voice. There was a voice change that. Completely yeah, there were, no, there were a voice. Yeah, that was Scream Three. It was yeah. weird because that a voice changer can't do that. But it won't built in. Like, no, into the mask but I mean, in Scream Five, the voice changer is built into the killer's mask. Yeah, that's why there's like like in some photos on that you can see like this button, and it's how the voice and, changer. Works. And it takes place in the in the modern day, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes place like modern day. It takes place years after fourth film, so it's not really a reboot. Like other films are, it's not. Like, it's not. It's not um, skipping over any of the films. It's a continuation of the franchise. But they have said it's not going to be meta. They've said it's not going to be meta, meaning it's not going to, you know, be joking about. Um, it's not going to be joking about. It's not Scream One. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not like this original Scream franchise where it's a. A joke about horror films, which I don't mind, don't bother me. Um, and the ghost face in this, like Dewey says in trailer, it feels different. Meaning, obviously, yeah, the killer is different because it's not killer's not really after Sydney. And my and the fu- funny thing is as well, it says that the victims victims of this new killer are connected somehow to the original killers from the first film and that's why Stu's house is in the movie so I'm just wondering what will happen but yeah uh, who started last time me so it's you so yeah as you know doing Charles Play 2 so Let's go, mate. Two years after the events of Child's Play... Okay. Uh, two years after the events of Child's Play, eight-year-old Andy Barkley is placed in a stereotypical family-valued style foster home after his mother is taken to undergo psychiatric evaluation. Bad publicity about uh, Play Pals, Inc., the company of the good, di- good guy... The... English. The company of the Good Guy doll franchise is all over the newspaper regarding Chucky. Uh, Sullivan and his company have the original doll reconstructed for analysis, but a worker is electrocuted and killed at the completion of the process, resurrecting Chucky. Oh, joy. Does that not give the company any any hint that something's going down? No? Okay. Not even the thought to shut down the company? Well, yeah, with something like this, why would you continue selling good good guy dolls? Because Wouldn't that put you out of your business? Wouldn't that put you out of business? Because they're not the bad guys. They have to keep putting out good guys. <sighs> Chris tells Matt... That joke. Chris tells Matson to dispose of the doll, and he puts it in his car when he goes to get alcohol for his wife. 
While Matson is away, Chucky uses the phone to contact the orphanage and poses as Andy's Uncle Charles. Charles Lee Ray, Uncle Charles. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, to find him. Once Matson returns, Chucky takes him hostage, ties him to the car seat with a jump rope, and asphyxiates it. And fixates him. Fixates him. Bat- yeah, I saw an X. Yeah, I saw an X, and I was getting really confused. I'm tired. Of it's basically he chokes him to death. Well, yeah, asphyxiates him with a bag. There you go. He basically chokes him to death. <laughs> By the way, you've got Ooh. a long paragraph coming up. Oh joy! <laughs> oh, oh joy! Have you not seen that? <laughs> yeah, brilliant, fucking. Well, at least you've got a long one in the last one. So. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Chucky disposes of the Foster's home's Tommy doll that completely resembles him and poses as it. Oh, wow. What convenience is that? A- another doll that looks exactly like you. Yeah, but all good guy dolls are supposed to look different. But this one looks completely identical to all the yes. others. Which is hard for him to do, apparently. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, he can't really pose as it. Unknown to Andy, Chucky sneaks into his bedroom and ties Andy up in order to begin transferring his soul into his body. As he did before. Before he could complete the chant, Andy's older foster sister, Kyle, suddenly sneaks into his bedroom window after hanging around uh, someplace late. Confused by Andy's situation, Kyle tries to help untie him, but not without their foster parents, Phil and Joanne. Joanne suddenly coming in to find out what the commotion was about. They accuse Kyle of trying of tying Andy up and ignoring his pleas that the doll is alive. Yes, because they would think because their that's sister, definitely good. The daughter was completely normal until Andy showed up. Kyle though is like Kyle in uh, the end scene of um she she shows up in cult at the very end. Like she just shows up at the very end. Um, and then she's also in the TV sh- series. Mm-hmm. Oh dear! Split it I'm up if you want. <clears throat> no, no, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> Getting ready. <clears throat> Next morning, while Andy attends his first day at a new school, Chucky secretly hitches a ride underneath a school bus. During recess, Chucky sneaks into the empty classroom and manages to find Andy's test paper on the teacher's desk to write profanity on it. So this can blame Andy for the writing. With class dismissed, the teacher, Miss Kettlewell, <laughs> uncovers Andy's What kind of name is with... Kettlewell? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uncovers Andy's paper with obscenity written all over it with a crayon that Chucky wrote on and believes that Andy was responsible for the writing and is forced to stay behind and sit with his head down for a while until his foster parents are to come pick him up from school. 
Andy tries to convince her that Chucky was behind this, but she does not believe him. And on accident, yeah, look, quote, brackets, whatever, walks him inside the classroom and Chucky inside the classroom closet, thinking that Andy is even going to play with a toy as he stares at it. She then leaves to call his foster parents on Andy for the incident. Andy tries to warn anyone on the other side of the locked door, but to no avail. Not having many options left, Andy escapes through the classroom window in order to escape Chucky from Chucky for survival. Miss Kettlewell then comes back inside and notices the classroom empty. She then hears a sound coming from the closet and assumes that Andy is the troublemaker hiding. Which is impossible because she locked the closet in the first place. It's brackets, I don't know how to do them, like, I, I can't do that or that. She unlocks the door and uncovers nothing. Well, they can legit see it on screen. <laughs> I know, but just just in case there are people who watch that. Oh, unless there's, oh, actually, unless there's people who are listening to this as audio form. Yes. Then there's no reason for me to do this. <laughs> exactly. As she walks inside to take a better look, Chuck reveals himself and impales her in the chest with an air pump. He then proceeds in beating her to death with a yardstick. Damn. Mmm. I always knew she liked stick. <sighs> that was a terrible joke, I know. Yeah, you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go, go, go out your door. Get the fuck out. out. <laughs> okay. You don't belong here anymore. Uh, um, back at the foster's home, Andy takes precautions in case Chucky ever shows up again. He tries to warn Kyle, but dismisses it. In the middle of the night, Andy hears something coming from downstairs. He arms himself with an electric carving knife and proceeds into the basement from there. Chucky wrestles with Andy for a moment. Until Phil suddenly comes in and notices Andy holding the knife. Andy tries to warn him before he could walk down the steps. But Chucky trips him and leaves him dangling on the edge of the stairs, eventually dropping him to his death. Upset over the loss of her husband, Joanne forcefully packs Andy's belongings, blames him for the murder, and has him sent back to the foster care. Uh, to foster care, Kyle tries to reason with her, but decides to take a smoking break outside, and throws Chucky into the garbage can. She then proceeds to use the tree swing, but not without uncovering the original Tommy doll buried underneath the dirt. Kyle becomes a firm believer after she notices the garbage can where she tossed Chucky is empty. Curious, Kyle walks back into the house, heads upstairs and sees Joanne's dead body tied to a chair and shown to have been strangled. Chucky reveals himself and threatens to kill Kyle unless she cooperates. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, Chucky. Well done. Well, well done, Chucky. You... You did it. Well done. Good boy. You, you killed a foster mother. Yay. 
I was expecting like one of them to survive. It's like nope, they all die. It's fine. Yeah. Completely fine. Dad dies. Mum dies. Andy doesn't die. Still. <laughs> Why would Andy die? Because he expects a freaking twelve year old kid to actually get killed and not outsmart a grown man. Realistically. Realistically. That's the thing though, Chucky doesn't want to kill him. I know, but he would have So really so really it's Chucky's fault. He would have got away his plan. But like so easy. Fair point. Right, finally she notices Andy walking wait, am I reading that? No. Wrong one. Wrong one? Yeah, I apologize. He tells her to drive to the foster care centre so that he can finally reach Andy before it becomes too late for him to transfer his soul into him. Because I think it's like midnight. Yeah. It's, uh, a it's a fucking Cinderella story. Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, because uh, he died in the first film, he got a reset on his timer for how long he could um, transfer his body. Uh. So he's got to midnight to transfer his soul into Andy, or he dies. Or, well, he gets stuck in the doll forever. It's a fucking Cinderella story, isn't it? Cinderella is a freaking killer doll. (laughs) Just continue reading. What the fuck? Right. Cinderella. Kyle, imagine, imagine Cinderella is a fucking horror movie. Kyle outwits Chucky by slamming onto the car brakes, ejecting him head on right through the windshield. Chucky begins the rest of the journey to the foster care facility by foot. I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> I was. I you stopped talking. I was like, uh, and. <laughs> yeah, he pulls the fire alarm in the building to create a diversion. Among the commotion, the head of foster care, Grace Poole, with Andy by hand, accuses Kyle of pulling the fire alarm. She grabs Chucky, sitting below the alarm, but is fatally stabbed to death after springing to life in her arms. Chucky grabs Andy and forces him to go where he can begin the transfer. Kyle tries to track Chucky and Andy down by car, but it proves difficult for her. Um, finally she notices Andy walking with Chucky in hand toward the city city's Play Pals Inc factory from there he knocks Andy out and begins to say the chant I don't even know the chant Kyle rushes as fast as she can to find them but the chant is completed before she can find them Though it would appear that Chucky had succeeded, he notices his nose bleeding, revealing it is indeed too late, and that he is trapped. That he is is trapped permanently as a doll. Enraged, he tries to kill Andy, but Kyle manages to quickly subdue him for a brief moment while Andy and Kyle navigate through the huge labyrinth of boxes and machinery in the factory. Chucky does whatever he can to kill them, 
alone technician on the job notices a man a malfunction on one of the machines due to the struggle with Chucky. So he comes down to fix it. Once the machine is fixed, Chucky lunges at the technician, causing him to fall on the conveyor belt and being impaled at the eyes. Ugh. After a few unsuccessful attempts at killing Chucky by cutting off his legs and drowning him in molten plastic, they managed to succeed by forcing an air an air hose into his mouth, causing his head to blow up like a balloon and then suddenly explode, thus killing him. Andy and Kyle exit the factory triumphantly, hand in hand, with Andy asking, where is home? Kyle humorously responds by saying, Andy, I have no idea. (laughs) Hey, Kyle, where's home? I have no fucking idea, Andy. (laughs) Don't have a clue, mate. I have no fucking idea. We don't have a home. Me mum's dead. Your mum's dead. Father's dead. We're homeless. Well, As me well, we're alive. <laughs> me foster mum's dead. Me foster dad's dead. Me actual mum's in friggin' intensive care. Hey, trivia. This marks the last appearance of Kyle until Cult of Chucky. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Well, you didn't mention that. And she's in the TV series. Chris Sarandon was originally going to replace her role as Mike Norris, but... I thought you were going to say Mike Rock. Wait a minute. Chris Sarandon was originally going to replace his role as Mike Norris, but his scenes were cut from the film due to budgetary issues. To promote Child's Play 2, fans could call the telephone number one nine double eight sixty. 4248 and speak with Chucky. He would tell a story, play a game, or call back later with a special message. It cost $2 for the first minute and $1 for each additional minute. Two different mm. scripts were commissioned at the same time, one by Don Mancini and the other by Mark Patrick Caduce. Caduce? Are you reading that right? I, I don't know, am I? Uh, Caduce. Caduce. I don't want to. I don't want to think his last name is Douchey. <laughs> the idea of uh, making <laughs> the setting for the film in foster home came from producer David Kirshner. The original script had uh, an opening scene of a court hearing dealing with the events of the previous film. Catherine Hicks was replaced as a role as Karen Barkley in the sequence, but it was cut before filming began. Don Mancini stated that in the early draft of his script, the film was set during the Christmas season. This is why so many good guy dolls were in the factory during the final. Don Mancini stated in an interview that there was going to be a locker scene in this film, but it was used in Bride of Chucky instead. Hmm. What locker? So, what would you rate this film? Um. Yeah, I'm giving you that question straight away. Also, sorry about the noise in the background. If you can hear it. Now and again, it's fine. Um. 
Cam, what did we rate first one? I rated it an eight. Well, I I'm think you did as well. I'm actually going to give this one a nine. Ooh. Because I do this this one and is less annoying. Uh, and and is more is more. I wouldn't say it is more like badass or anything, but he's more brave. He's not bratty. Yeah, he's not bratty like he was in the first one. He's less. <clears throat> he's less like, mummy, I want this. Mummy, Chucky's saying that. Mummy, Chucky's doing this. Chucky told me to. <laughs> Fucking hell, he's less annoying. And he's more brave. I like Kyle. Like, the sister, brother and sister bond that them two have is actually really good. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. What about you? Mm. I do admit it's better than the original. That's for sure. But not by much. Because I still like both of them, like, nearly just as equally. Uh, like you said, the war parts where I did prefer Andy in the second one. Uh, Kyle was a nice addition. And it's a shame we didn't get the mum back. Uh, Chucky is still fine. Still nice quips and stuff. I would like to go for nine. But it's like an 8.5 for me. Ooh, it's rare when Tyler does um, points. Yeah, just a tiny bit better. It's but rare. after, but all of the next ratings will start to go downhill from here. Trust me. <laughs> oh come on, the third one's not that bad. I'm not talking about the third one. Oh, you are you on about Bride? No, not Bride. Bri- oh yeah, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> the third one. Oh, I am not looking forward to Seed. And then it goes to Bride. And then it goes to seed. Of the thing is, when it gets to seed, seed's really shit. And then it's followed up by curse, and curse is really fucking good. I'm not anatomically correct. I'm not anatomically correct. <laughs> and then there's just a scene where two dolls are. Chucky, just are you wearing a rubber? What are you talking about? What are you talking I'm about? I'm all rubber. <laughs> I fucking love Bride because it's got his best quips. But I like the third one because the third one is quick. My favourite line from the third one is don't fuck with the chuck. <laughs> he just says it to the owner of like the company. He just goes to him and says, don't fuck with the chuck. <laughs> but yes. I thought that was the barber guy. No, that was in... Um... No, it's in third film. It's in yeah, Charles Play 3. It does no. say something to Barber in third one. No, it says something else to yeah. Barber. It's, uh, it says something else to Barber. Uh, it's probably something like a shave in Trigging It quote. would have been. But yeah. All in all, Tyler's giving an 8.5 for it. 5. And I've given it a 9. Right in the middle. And I've given it a 9. I will probably review these at some point uh, as my normal reviews, but the many I'm doing Candyman. So, there's that. Uh, I, by the time this video's out, the by the time this episode's out... 
You won't uh, see the screen. No. Uh, my second, yes, no. my review of the second Candyman would be a would be a, and it's farewell to the flesh. It, it wasn't that good. Um, and then <laughs> the, the third one's even worse. And then you've got the new one that came out, which is just called Candyman, which is only a sequel to the original. And I really enjoyed that film. But yeah, hmm. um, I think that's all we have for you guys. And hope everybody. Well, really have a lot. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed. Don't forget, if you are a Scream fan, go and watch the new Scream movie. And um, yeah. Well, I'll probably review it when it comes out uh, on DVD because I have reviewed the others. Uh, but yeah, hope everybody enjoyed. The, and we've also done episodes of the podcast on it. Um, but everybody enjoyed today's episode. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, doing that friggin'. <laughs> I'm I'm tired. Okay, okay let's I'm move on. Very tired. Um. So yeah, everyone who enjoyed today's episode, this remember this podcast has been brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network and our on social media where we talk horror and nothing but horror. I have been one of your hosts, Slasher. And I have been your other host, Tyler. And we'll see you guys later. Remember, keep on slashing, keep watching horror, and we'll see our fans later. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Have you checked the children? children? I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. We all go a little mad sometimes. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Boogeyman is real. And you found him. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. <laughs>